This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, how Good evening and welcome to this month's episode of this week's episode. It's the week of August 13th, 2020. This is episode 214 and I am your host, Chris Randazzo. Joining me tonight, as always, is family voice of reason, Karen Randazzo. I could buy with a little help from my friends. Expensive new car, Angie Furnot. The sleek lines of a rhinoceros. <laughs> and disturbing family dynamic, Evan Goldstein. Someone had to die. It was my pick this month week whatever it is this is a new new experience for us and i decided to go with a classic episode of the wonder years which we'll get to after the break but before we go any further here's your weekly reminder or monthly reminder that you can email us at mail at just include the words this week's episode in the subject line you can let us know what you think of our show what topics you would like us to discuss in the future or just say hello because we always want to hear from you the listener sorry we're a week late uh, there was a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> if ever there was story. a reason. Oh, yeah, that too. It's not So real. the power goes out at our house around 10... 11.30 in the 1130 morning. 11.30 in the morning, right? Power goes out. This is a good time. I think power outages are pretty cool. But as the day goes on and the power's still not coming back, that's when things start to get a little itchy. Like, okay, there's things that need to be taken care of. The kids go to bed. I say, all right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy myself some ice. Uh, <laughs> the phone's being all weird. So I'm going to go out... I'm going to buy myself some ice. We're going to take some food out of the refrigerator and we're going to put it on ice so that we don't lose it. Now, by this point, it had been in the mostly thawed re refrigerator for several hours. So chances are whatever we were trying to save was toast anyway. But whatever. We move on with the story. I go to my local <laughs> Wawa. They're closed. They also don't have any electricity. Good times. I go to the shop right next door. They have power. The power grids in my area must be just completely bonkers because I'm driving down the... Regardless. So I go into the shop, right? They don't have any ice <laughs> here. So I get in my car. I drive five minutes down the road to the next nearest Wawa, which is mobbed, by the way. They don't have any ice either. So I get back to my car. I drive another 10 minutes down the road. I get to the next Wawa because this place is lousy with Wawas. I go over there. I look inside the ice machine. And there's ice, but it's all like frozen to the bottom. There's like a sheet of ice on top of it. But I can see bags of ice. So I go inside. I wait in this long ass line. I finally get to the front of the line. I say, I want to buy three bags of your finest ice. And the woman says, uh, I think we're all, we're, we're all out of ice. I said, I was pretty sure I looked in that machine and I saw ice. But you know what? I'm always okay with the idea of me being wrong. Let me go out there and check again. So I go outside, I look at the bag of ice, I poke it with my finger. That is a bag of ice. There are several bags of ice buried under this ice. I'm sure I could get some of this out. Go back inside and say, there's totally ice in that machine. She says, yeah, it's all frozen at the bottom, right? I don't know if we can sell you that. I was like, well, 
if I can get it out, can I buy it? She said, sure. So, I give her the money. I go out to my car. I get the ice scraper out of my car because I keep it in my car all year long because, you know, why not? So I go in there and I just start beating the heck out of the floor of this ice machine. I am sweating bullets. I am just pounding away at this thing. And other families coming up behind me like, oh, they have ice here? Like, yeah, how you doing? I live in Epsicon. We have any power. Oh, I live in Epsicon too. Good time. So they have a conversation and the guy goes out to his car. He gets a tire and he starts thwapping away at the ice on his end of the ice machine. So we're just in there beating the crap out of all this ice people walking by and asking like what's going on you guys selling ice do you work here like no I don't work here I'm just the crazy guy with the ice scraper trying to get ice out of here that I already paid for so I get my three bags of ice and I get a fourth bag of ice out just to help the, help my neighbors with the tire iron everything's good I got my ice I get in my car I go to drive home I make it all the way home the kids are in bed Karen and I come up with a plan okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna open the doors of the fridge because we've only done it like once or twice throughout the course of the day to keep things cold because we want to preserve our food we just just went grocery shopping a few days ago so we're coming up with a plan this is what we're going to save this is what shelf it's on here's the cooler it's open we're ready to go we open up the fridge doors boom lights come on <laughs> you could not make up this timing i was furious about this but it was hysterical so i called evan that, that, just right, that was my phone my first thought was like okay well we're supposed to be recording twip right now so i called evan and i gave him that story and uh yes the lights came back on around nine o'clock which is a half an hour after we usually start recording and by that time there was just no hope our technology would get booted up in time yeah i mean like my ancient computer had to come down here i had to feed the gerbil in the wheel i had to pull the pull start make sure it's got gas in it (laughs) my favorite part about this on my end is you call angela's in the room with me and and i'm hearing you're telling this story and you get like Four sentences in, and I turn to Angela and I go, I know how this story ends. And what he's not telling you is I'm creeping on him real hard because I hear that he's talking to you, Chris, and I'm like, no, no. He's like, I'll tell you. I'm like shoving my face in his face. I'm like, I want to hear the story. And he's like, I'll tell you later. I'm like, Chris tells it better. I want to hear it because we both know where this is headed. So, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. And don't worry, listeners, we had lost power exactly 12 hours before they did. <laughs> That's how far away we live so, from each other. And, yeah, it, what, it the, the power outage here, like I was at work and we had to close the, the, the store early because, you know, hurricane. So rushed everybody out of there and got home. Angela was doing her... At your, was that your anniversary stream? Yeah. Uh, so as some of you know, I'm a Twitch streamer, and I actually was working on a birthday slash subversary stream. I have been live streaming for one full year on Twitch, you guys. 12 hours long. Yep. Wow. She did the 12-hour stream. I got home real early. She was finishing out the episode but everything you know the wind started to pick up started to get a little stormy she ends her stream she like uh <laughs> she she throws she she what's that raided another channel yep. she's in like she ended her 12-hour stream she raided the other channel and she's communicating with that other channel about what she was doing and the reason the ra- and that's when the power went out yeah not five <laughs> minutes after i ended my stream like it was it, crazy it was and uh, it, well we were, how fortunate for you we wasn't the, it though we my story's better out for till the next afternoon and guys uh update evan does not handle power outage as well at all by the way he he needs technology and you know technology is fine i could read a book (laughs) yeah yeah it's just it was so hot and so muggy i need air conditioning 
Yeah, I tried yeah, to be like, too. I'm sitting uh, here, I'm cool, I'm chilling, I got a book, I'm knitting, I'm doing all these different things. I keep looking at him, I'm like, hey, babe, you want to do a puzzle? You want to play a board game? And, and he's like, at spots and seriously, it was he was like, stop talking to me. Like, he just got to the point where I would just look at him and be like, now's not the time. The air coming out of your face is making the room warmer. Stop it. It was great. I had my portable battery-powered rechargeable fan fully charged. <laughs> Kept me going. I had the Nintendo Switch. See? It was good times. No, nope. I was ready. I had, I had a phone. The kids kept forgetting that they that the power was out, and be like, like Ellie would be like, "Let's go down to the basement and play." I'm like, "Hey, Ellie, what do we usually do the first thing when we go down the basement? <laughs> Turn on the lights." <laughs> no, good luck. You can go down there. I'm not it's coming down, down for you. <laughs> not enough Just light to play hungry, to hungry hippos. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember that game. So we're back, and we're here to talk about some television. Oh, Chris, uh, of which I'm so ready. We, yeah, we are, we're pretty ready, too. We watched some cool stuff uh, whilst we were away. But since I'm hosting, and I want to bring this up now, okay. we finished Avatar this morning. <gasps> did you really? We did. We watched the, uh, as Netflix has it, the last four episodes just kind of all smushed together as mm -hmm. one. So it was a... Uh, like about an hour and a half, so it was like watching a watching a movie with the kids this morning. Best movie. A better Avatar movie. There is only, there is no Avatar movie yet, honey. Remember that. No, it's called The Last Airbender. Oh, okay. So technically, and it's a fair. turd, <laughs> starring Fine. Ong and Soka. Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But I still denounce this as a movie, and I feel yeah, that no, I'm, it's only better if I pretend it never happened. It is better if we all pretend it never happened, which well, is you pretty much what the that, world so. will. Eventually. Well, you know, things make me angry. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we finished watching Avatar this morning, and it was great. Uh, the kids stayed pretty pretty into it all the way through to the end. And um, you know, John was silent, really enjoyed the whole the whole finale. We talked about it a little bit after uh, you know, in the afternoon. Ellie stayed quiet for almost the whole thing, too, which was really, really impressive. She only started making weird cat noises towards the very end when... Uh, you know, the, 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 Aang had been fighting the Fire Lord for quite a while, and she was starting to get bored of that. And John's just like, well, this is cool. <laughs> was she rooting so, for the Fire Lord? She kind of was. Not surprised. Uh, when the, when uh, Ozai did the, basically, like, burnt an entire continent because he had the power of the, the comet on his side, you mm -hmm. know, when he does that crazy fire wave, mm -hmm. Ellie looks up at me and says, I wish I was a firebender oh, and God. I could burn everything. <laughs> she like, did not oh. fucking say that. Are you serious? <laughs> she, she said I could burn everything and then she followed it with, I could burn all the bad guys. I was like, okay. All right. This, nice uh, recovery, kid. <laughs> nice recovery. Let's rein it back in. I seriously need to do was... an Ellie Zilla drawing. <laughs> yes, please. She is the destroyer of worlds. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Watching that series again was just really great. Watching it with my kids was so great. And all the, all the lessons that are learned, all the things that are taught, and uh, just the whole bit at the very end where the, the episode toward the end where Katara goes off with Zuko to try and confront the guy who murdered her mom. And she finds him and decides not to kill him. And which is like, this is your kid's cartoon moral of the story is, yeah, violence isn't the answer. And they go back and they have that conversation. And uh, 
Zuko says, yeah, she she chose, uh, in this case, violence wasn't the answer, and Aang says it never is. And most shows would have ended right there, but then Zuko turns around and says, well, then let me ask you this. What are you going to do when you face my father? Mm-hmm. That's how the episode ends. And then the whole the rest of the series is trying to figure out what's Aang going to do, because it's against everything he stands for to kill somebody. Yep. But everyone is telling him he has to kill the Fire Lord, and that's how you beat the bad guy. And this I is legit my th- favorite part of the series. <laughs> I love the way they tackled it. It yeah. was just outstanding. I love it because they keep telling him, you don't have a choice. Like, they, everybody has made up their minds. And I think that's one of the things that made it so powerful is that they made up their minds for Aang, but Aang mm-hmm. ultimately had to make that decision for himself. And mm-hmm. it was powerful because he did everything in his power to to change that that destiny yeah but what's interesting about what you're saying is that when you really listen to what the previous avatars told ang they weren't telling him he has to kill him no they They never said said it you have to be decisive you have to you know follow your own path all these kinds of things Mm -hmm. they all he took it all as them saying you have to kill him but it was really just all the other people around him saying like you have to kill the guy and but yeah, that's uh, absolutely amazing stuff. So uh, now that that's done, I had started rereading the IDW Ninja Turtle series from issue one. Oh, so good. And I was really enjoying it. But now that we're done Avatar, I am picking up the comics again to to reread the stuff that happens after Avatar. Uh, so I'm really excited to dive back into those because I've only read all those once. And they're really, really good. And I don't even remember all the details of what actually happened to Zuko's mom. I just remember being utterly fascinated by that story. So, oh, I haven't read it yet. You, yeah, you got to read those. They are solid. They are incredibly good, and just they just they set up Korra incredibly well. Like the Beifong Metal Metal Bending Academy. It's all really interesting stuff. Um, I know I'm a couple issues behind. They actually kept making them. I thought they stopped, but there's like a bunch of books that I'm missing. So I'm going to start, you know, Amazoning those uh, one or two at a time to, to get myself caught up. But um, one of the news stories that we have to talk about, we'll get back to all the other TV stuff, but just because I want to tie this into the air, uh, one of the news stories that we were going to be discussing tonight is that Legend of Korra, probably because Avatar has been such an unfathomable success for Netflix since it came back to the service during the, uh, during the pandemic, um, they're obviously did what they had to do to get Cora, and it starts streaming this Friday, August 14th, um, which is not only wonderful for me because the kids are interested in seeing more of it, but because my wonderful wife, Karen, asked me if she could watch Cora with us. <gasps> oh my god. Don't freak out. Oh my god. I just started sweating. I'm just tired of being left out of the fun. Like, you guys are always talking about it, and I'm like, Ugh, it's too late for me to get in on this, but like, this is like they have their little gang of three. Like there's so many things they do together because I'm the one who's, um, you know, working all day and they do all these fun things. I'm like, well, he's told me I would like Cora for so long. I'm like, you know what? <sighs> Let me do it. And this is going to be interesting because she obviously knows an, a bunch about Avatar from listening to us and being in the house, but also um, she hasn't really seen the show. Mm-hmm. And so. This will be an interesting experience, what she gets out of Korra not having the the real past with Avatar. And I think it's going to go really well. I think she's going to really like this show. 
It's I'm a really so good show. excited. I mean, yeah. yeah. And just it um is. if for any reason, Karen, you don't initially react well to Cora, just give it time. Because I will say this again. Just I, know you're right. Uh, well <laughs> I I struggled like not I just I had a hard time the first time especially and I think maybe you you will have less of this because you don't have like the shock like the culture shock of switching from the old series to the new one um I had a really hard time with Cora and the first time I tried to watch the show I wrote it off and I was like I'm never watching this again I it took me like a year <laughs> to come back to it it really I just could not come to terms with it she was so different from me and I couldn't handle it um and also, I, I, I think she reminded me a little too much of me when I was younger, and I just, like, hated it a lot. You know, that doesn't surprise me at all. I know. <laughs> so far, my only uh, my only exposure to Cora is Chris showed me a tiny clip of, like, like the first episode, I guess, mm-hmm. where she's very little, and these people come to, to come to her parents' house, and they're like, whoa, you, you say your daughter's the Avatar. How do you know? And she comes, like, smashing into the room, and she's like... I'm the Avatar. Yeah. You got to deal with it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, cool. So it's Ellie. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes, actually, that's perfect. Yeah, maybe you'll be all right. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to to watch this with uh, to watch this with Karen because yeah, well, we have very different sensibilities on on certain directions of the kinds of shows that we watch, and animation and comic books just aren't her medium as mm-hmm. much as they are mine, and while I do ultimately think Avatar is the better show than Korra, I yes. think that Korra is more in line with her sensibilities. So I believe that after she watches this, if she enjoys it as much as I hope she does, then she would go back and watch Avatar. But uh, either way, I'm just really, really excited to have you in on this. Yeah, I, I really It's think... one of my favorite things ever, and yes. I like sharing that kind of stuff whenever I can. Either way, she's never going to watch the movie. Any, no. And no, anything never. that brings you into the world, the Avatar world, whether you're starting with Korra and staying with Korra, whatever, it's just the fact that you'll be a part of this fandom. Like, I guess the only way I could relate this would be, I love Avatar the way you love Doctor Who. Wow. Um, there's really, I honest to God, and, and you guys know how I talk about Supernatural and being like a fangirl of that show. Shh, closet fangirl. Um, nothing closet about it. I know, seriously, but I'm not as Our bad as other closet's full of supernatural stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, really weird. stop it. Don't even go there. Um, <laughs> as much as I like talk about loving Supernatural and yada, 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 and I've done all the rewatches, I seriously, like Avatar was a show that literally changed my life. Like it reinforced aspects of like thinking about the world the way that I do, like I don't know how to put it. This is a completely fictitious show yet every everything that they're showing in this the philosophies of this show and the presentation and so many other things have like influenced my way of thinking and reinforced other aspects of it like the violence is not the answer, like the seeking peace, the like the spiritual aspects, I don't know. I this show is to me one of the most important things that has ever been made in my lifetime like for me it is without a doubt one of my absolute favorite pieces of fiction in any medium bar none yes it is it's it's just up there with me with everything like star wars and legend of zelda anything that defines me as a person i love this this universe that much and i've rewatched it 
as as often as I possibly can. I'm very interested to see how the kids deal with Korra because it is a more grown up show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm sure John will have fun with it, and I think Ellie will like it because there's so much cool bending in it, and I think she'll identify with Korra. <laughs> yeah, to an I was extent, ask as that. much you, as a three year old with her can age, identify. With her age, you think she she will she'll be able to like comprehend that and identify with? I mean, even the characters. It, the character's yeah, female, kinda. but she's an older female than herself. So, Well, she does really like waterbenders. And she, surprisingly, I thought she was going to fall in love with Azula because she loves villains. But she really took to Katara in the show, <gasps> which was a surprise to me. I'm so proud. Um, like whenever we were like at my mom's pool, she always pretends she's Katara, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. So I feel like a bullheaded waterbender is going to be just the thing for her. And it is I showed her. them up. That, that, yep, that, 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 that tracks. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, there's your Avatar talk for the month. Uh, so oh let's God. keep going. What have you guys been watching? Because I, I, Karen and I have some killer stuff to talk about. Yeah. I'm so excited. But I, I soaked up most of my time with Avatar. Uh, and we'll talk about our other shows in a bit. So why don't you... Uh, Talk to us about your situation, guys. Um, all right, so I'll go with the stuff that I my I myself watched. Uh, I'm doing still going through Ghost Hunters. I'm doing a rewatch of Psych. Like I'm doing that, and every once in a while, Angie pops in. She has seen all of it and it recalls way more of it than I do. Love that show. Um, I find it very funny. It's very entertaining. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, who? Came across this because my my affinity for ghost huntery shows. There's a show called Hotel Paranormal, <laughs> which is it's a ghost. It's it's a a paranormal retelling kind of show. Like this is a situation that happened to me while I was in this place. It's all hotel based. Like they're always happening in hotels, and it's it's um, narrated by Dan Aykroyd. Oh my god! I was sold as soon as I saw that. <laughs> he is the only reason I have come back to that show. Okay, I mean it's horrible. It's and I'm not hate watching it. No, no, no. It's not ghost adventures. It's horrible. Not, okay, it's, it's just, just not good. It's just kind of silly. Like, cause it's one of those. It's not like a ghost huntery show. It's like a a retelling kind of show. It's more like an unsolved mysteries for ghosts in hotels, specifically yeah. hotels, like weirdly specific. Um. So the 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 show like they have these like kind of dumb reenactments. I don't oh, know. They're bad. They are bad reenactments. Yeah, but the one I will say, the one episode he was watching, I don't know how early it was. This guy was talking about how he was in the hotel room and he pulled out his phone and started like filming because the phone kept like bouncing off the hook, okay, like it so, was literally no, the like moving itself. Phone kept moving, yeah. and he took out his cell phone and recorded it, and they did that via reenactment and but then they showed footage they actually show his footage that never happens yeah so that was one of the few times where i was like yeah this is legit i'm down um i'm in preparation for the new the podcast i'm doing i'm rewatching smallville and angela and i are are doing that she is loving the the music (laughs) that comes out of it um such a strong word it's 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 the right time frame honey that's oh, that's all it is oh god um and i'm gonna now talk about like something that that'll that'll both of us uh, after hamilton we watched hamilton and we got on this little kick of musicals yeah we did so first uh we watched 
a bu- oh, I'm also still doing a Jericho rewatch. But we watched a bunch of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard about I've this? I've heard of it. I, I've heard of it. <clears throat> okay. Zoe, <clears throat> excuse me. Has an extraordinary playlist of some kind. Here's In what her happens. Brain. Zoe's father, there's something she has Zoe's father has a degenerative condition where his brain is giving out on him. Okay? Like he loses motor function. And she's feeling that there's something wrong with her, so she gets she she goes to get an MRI. Or a CAT scan or something. She's in the machine. And they live in California. And while she's in the machine, there's an earthquake and something happens. Where the machine breaks, she gets zapped. That zappage translates to her being able to hear the innermost thoughts of people. Most of the time, it's randos. Every once in a while, it's it's never when she wants it to happen kind of thing. But the way she hears the innermost thoughts is via music they actually sing okay so the way it's first introduced is she's walking down the street and and like a rando just starts singing nobody else could see it no one else can hear it nobody else can hear it but her it is so much fun okay from there from that show glee i introduced her to glee (laughs) oh boy I've watched all of Glee. Don't remember why. Just did. First couple <laughs> seasons are solid. Yeah. Or well, at least they were at the time. I don't I I'm I still sure don't I know what the regionals back. or the semi regionals or the nationals like Nobody I don't cares, it's fine. like but we, <laughs> I think we made it through all of season one. Yes, we did, and Rachel is still the worst. Oh no, we actually made it into season two because they yes, made her even did. worse at the beginning of season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so like there's a lot of singing and dancing going on on our televisions as of late. So much. Our house is so musical. <laughs> <sighs> I'm loving it. And it's like such an amazing I mean Evan literally is the reason for all of this. Like he basically just went, well, we watched Hamilton and then we watched this and then we watched that. Let's just keep it going. And like Last week, usually we take Wednesdays um, as kind of a like chill, relax TV kind of day. Um, and and most of the time we try to, you know, we're trying to finish like a show. We already started like Castle, which we'll probably never finish. Um, yeah, we fell off of that. Train. Oh, God, we can't. I just can't do it. I can't. The last season I just not- the last season. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nathan Fillion. I love you, man. You'll never listen to this podcast, but if you ever did, I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, like I, I can't, I can't. But we spent the entirety of our day watching Glee. That's what we did last week. We watched Glee all day, and it was amazing. Um, <laughs> but I will say, going into season two, I needed a little break because they like really amp up how how much of the worst Rachel is and I just I can't deal with her like the characters on the show I had to I think I've watched too many dramas because I'm used to kind of taking the characters a little bit more seriously and this is a show where you can't do that because everyone's highly characterized caricaturized I should say mm-hmm. uh and I love Sue oh my god I love <laughs> Sue the fucking best yeah she's she amazing a monster but th- <laughs> there is a huge difference between season one and season two which I had forgotten and I don't know if season two sticks with it season one it's um they are doing something and then they start to sing and then they go into like this what if kind of situation like uh, 
they're on stage or they're doing this or retelling. Like it's usually it was kind of like playing out a fantasy, fantasy in their heads. Esque. Then in season two, I I can't remember what the first episode was, but I know the second episode of season two is all about Britney Spears. Oh God! And it was like exact reproduction of Britney Spears videos. It felt like a lot of fan service, to be honest. So I'm I'm a little I concerned. Can't remember if it continues that way because it's it feels very very different. And I liked it better where it was, you know, fantastical. Like, it was... It's, it's just weird because it went for... Like, I know that they're incorporating more pop culture into the, the show for this part. And I, I was never opposed to them doing that. Um, I just... I like it when they're being themselves and having more creativity. And I feel like if I want to watch music videos of Britney Spears, I'll just go watch mu- music videos <laughs> of Britney Spears. I don't need that on... Glee. Well, the thing with the show was that they always they did multiple song, mul- like even variations, different types of music throughout each individual episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't except for the Lady Gaga episode. Ah, yeah. It's just weird. Um, oh, your identity. There, that's like you know a country song or a rock song or a pop song, like, and then it, these last couple of episodes were just all the same thing. And and I'm not the biggest fan of that, so we'll probably watch an episode of that or two tomorrow. Oh, no, we'll watch when we start catching up again. I can promise. I have a little musical tip for you guys, because I know how much you love Zach Levi. (gasps) Yes. Um, Wait, wait, wait. Wait, just give me a second. Hold on. Are you going to tell me something about Zach Levi singing? I think I am. I got the vapors. Go. Uh, PBS has a a series called Great Performances. Hold on. Great? Yeah. He's he's typing. Or no, he's writing. I'm typing. Go. Okay, good. Yep. And and it's you know, it's basically tapings of, you know, live performances. I watched one last week that was uh um Danielle Brooks, who's tasty on Orange and the New Black, okay. was the lead in uh Shakespeare in the Park, uh Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, I was see it. it. Full fucking incredible. But the one I'm gonna recommend to you, which I haven't watched myself yet, but I know how good it is. I don't even need to see it to know. <laughs> is I a show don't. called She Loves Me. Which stars Zach Levi. It's like a romantic comedy. Okay. It's got Laura Benanti in it, who I don't know if you know who she is. I mostly Sounds know her familiar. from being a Broadway person. But uh, yeah, you just go watch She Loves Me tomorrow and you're going to thank me. And that's the, sh- like, that's the name of a show or is that the name of an episode? That That's the name of it's PBS uh, Great Performances. Okay. And the episode is She Loves Me. Okay. Don't you worry. I just pulled it up. Fantastic, honey. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But outside of that, that's pretty much the stuff that I've been watching. Okay. Honey, nice. Have you, have you been doing any of the your solo Netflixing? I have. Um, I don't know if this counts as stuff that is worth talking about here, but it it's um, I I've been watching some documentary stuff. Uh, so I've been <laughs> I've also been watching Unsolved Mysteries. Hashtag No Regrets. Uh, <laughs> You said documentary stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't count that so much as documentary stuff, but I will tell you, it's been quite a trip. Um, and I was watching an absolutely fabulous, wonderful show called Crazy Delicious, which I have talked about before. Is that the one where everything's cake? 
kind of, yeah. Oh, that's so, the one okay. where they're in that magical world? Yeah, so uh, when you, like, I don't know how else to explain. It's almost like a, a fantasy Garden of Eden-looking set that they yes, do this TV you told show. Us about this. Yes, and Chris, you know, basically told me if I ever make him watch this, he'll never be my friend again. So guess what I'm picking, Chris? <laughs> um, but anywho, so... The <laughs> Sorry, it's payback for all those times I've produced your stupid podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, basically, we'll just do it ourselves. No biggie. Uh-huh. Good luck. So, like it, we'll do it live. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, that that show. I ended up finishing all the episodes. I was greatly disappointed, but it did get me very excited because, guys, I got a KitchenAid for my birthday this year, and it's Woo-hoo, very important. Thank you. And guys, I got a KitchenAid for her birthday, so I got lots of bread. Oh my god! Yeah. Delicious. So I get to pick a new I, once a week on our cheat day. I pick a recipe that I want to try. I mean, I've had this thing for like just over a week, but I've already made several things. Nine hundred and twelve <laughs> loaves. I did. I spent all day Saturday last week baking. I made a <laughs> banana bread. I a double batch of banana bread. I made cornbread from scratch. I made a blueberry pie, and I made two loaves of honey oat bread and. It was glorious. Um, Honey oat bread. They looked delicious. good. I saw the pictures. Thank oh, you. Delicious. You guys will have to come visit so I can feed you. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so tomorrow I'm going to actually try making like a some sort of pastry or baked good that's not just bread related because we have so much bread still. Uh, anywho, so some of the stuff I've been watching has been uh, more like documentaries on Netflix. Uh, I guess of note, I watched 13th um, and... I've also been continuing my new girl watch, which has been pretty enjoyable. I feel like I'm kind of over the whole like Nick and Jess thing now, but they started bringing back Schmidt, possibly maybe getting back together with Cece. And I got to the end of the fourth season and I don't want to say anything. No, fuck it. The show has spoilers all the time. So they do get back together and I think they're going to get married because he proposed and she said yes. And I'm just hoping the next season doesn't open with everything on fire. Uh, So I'm really, really excited by this. Uh, I just love the way that the show, I don't know. I relate to Jessica Day on too many levels, but... um, (laughs) Which season is it that she she's not on the show because like she got pregnant and they sort of oddly I the best writing off of a show for a season I've ever seen they sequester her I don't know yeah I haven't gotten there yet so okay. I'm hoping I'm starting if I'm if I'm not mistaken I'm starting season five now uh, so I'll let you know I'll let you know when I get there uh, otherwise um, yeah mostly just the stuff I've been watching with you. That's been the majority of my television experience and endlessly listening to um, Hamilton over and over and over and over and over. Yes. One of us. (laughs) (laughs) It never ends. So welcome to where I was like, I don't know, 18 months ago, two years ago, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I think Evan started playing these television shows that have musical aspects. So I'd stop singing Hamilton and listening to it 24-7. It, it has only worked to the extent that now I... It's hard to stop. Yeah, I just use headphones now, so he doesn't know. And I, I try not to sing it out loud as that, much anymore. It never works, though. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on your musical thing. And, yeah, yeah. Um, start with a... <laughs> start with a little anecdote from our house, which is that um, I've been... I, I had us watch Smash recently. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was last oh, episode. Yeah. It was a while ago. 
Um, so I continued watching it and, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I'm watching it and I come downstairs and I'm singing one of the songs from the musical and I was about to tell Chris what was happening in the show right now. And I said, so I've been watching Smash and he just looked at me and he goes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Sip of beer. Okay, so I watched Smash. I finished season one, and I'm like two-thirds of the way through season two. How's it going? And I remember we talked about, at the time that we just had it as a main topic, that it was canceled, and that was why Chris didn't want to rewatch it with me, which I understand. And now that I am this far into the show, I realize why it was canceled, and it was so justly canceled, because holy shit, does this show go off the rails. Season one is this perfect capsule, one 15-episode season of just a perfect story beginning to end. You don't need any more, like, whatever. But this is, you know, pre-when streaming became huge and network was still a thing. So NBC wanted money and they decided to keep going and trying to make this and try and fix it. And that's how they broke it. That's how they broke it. Well, uh, I think we discussed at the time that there were some problems that the the showrunner was new to television. Yep. And she was, you know, came from the theater. And the network had problems with the way she ran things. But when you get to season two and and the network starts interfering with the show... It's a completely different animal, and you can see the cracks, like, immediately. And season one was made by somebody who loves theater, and season two was made by someone who wants ratings. Mm. It's not bad. It's just all over the place. It's just all over the place. It's like, you know, the season one, they're all focused on the one show on Bombshell of the Marilyn Monroe story and all the musical numbers either come directly from the show or somehow relate to the show and season two (laughs) not the case season one ends at they do like a out of town preview in boston they haven't even made it to broadway yet that's where it ends after that run of the play in boston they decide things need to change people leave the cast come into the cast take other jobs you know whatever so everybody starts spreading out and some of the people who spread out are actors who go to other be in other shows so now smash the tv show is about three different plays at the same time which is like dilute i mean and they're all good stories they're all interesting but it dilutes everything and it just gets out of whack and then in the meantime so not only is like the story kind of diluted out but the music is now not just coming from this one source of the Maryland story. It's coming from the Maryland story, from the show that Ivy went on to. It's going to the show that, you know, the new show that Karen found these writers in, the, you know, Brooklyn, whatever, that are writing a new musical. And <laughs> the most bizarre musical number was there was one episode where Derek, the director, was, uh, Commodore Norrington from the Pirates movies. He gets into a sex scandal or like there's a news story that he's basically sexually harassed everyone he's ever worked with. (laughs) And he has a fantasy musical number where he's drunk 
And he's like, I don't think I'm that bad of a guy. And tries to hit on a woman in a bar and she like, you know, slaps him in the face or whatever. And he collapses and goes into this fantasy musical number where Karen and Ivy and a bunch of other women are dressed like girls from a Robert Palmer video. Uh-huh. And they sing like, <laughs> I forget what the song is. It's not simply irresistible. It's something else. Oh, it's Would I Lie to You. And they do this whole, like, would I lie to you now? And it's a fantastic number, but I don't know what the fuck it's doing there. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. It's just like, well, this is a musical show, right? So we're going to do a musical number. And it's like, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, so it is, season two is a big mess. And there's a lot of, like, oh, just reversals for their own sake. Like, you know, Eileen's, uh, Angelica Houston's ex-husband comes back, and he, like, takes over Bombshell for six weeks, and they have to, like, plot and figure out how to get the show back from him. And But then everything goes back to the way it was in the beginning, and, like, there's no, like, change or development. It's just, like, this is what's happening now, and then eventually it's going to reverse, and they won't have mattered. <sighs> it's not all bad, too, because I don't know what they did, Jack Davenport, they like cranked up the snarky on him. I could watch this guy do. <laughs> Read the phone point. book. He gets into a fight with Tom, the guy who writes the songs. <laughs> I forget what insult Tom throws at him, but Jack just turns to him and he goes, Oh, did you bring something warm to wear for the moral high ground? <laughs> that, is a, that is a choice line. There's also um, Jeremy Jordan joins the cast. I don't know if you guys know Jeremy Jordan. He was um, Jimmy in Supergirl. Okay, yes. Okay. Among other things. He is an amazing singer Wait. and an actual Broadway J- dude. Yeah. Jimmy? Jim- Jim- Jeremy Jordan. Okay. Big- Sorry, did I say Jimmy? Yeah. Because his character is named Jimmy. It's, and he also played Jimmy. It's um, uh, the, weird, the weird computer guy. Or are you talking about the big black guy? Are you talking about Jamie Olsen? Or are you talking about... No, he... <laughs> Win. He was Win. Win. On Win. Yes. Okay, there we go. And, yes. and you said that in my, in my brain. I saw that guy. And then... Because <laughs> no, he's yeah, a singer. No, sorry. He's, he's, he, is, he sang on Supergirl. Yeah, he did. <laughs> right. So he played Win on Supergirl. But he plays Jimmy on Smash. And he's actually a Broadway singer. And it was great to have him on the show. Because I just like him, and it was great to get to hear him sing, but his character was fucking obnoxious and would punch him in the face all the time. No. <laughs> he was one of this pair of guys who's writing a new musical. Okay. And they're um, these, like, young 20-something kids from Brooklyn, and they don't know anything, apparently, about how theater works. <laughs> so, like, anytime anybody they're trying to work with is like, well... I'm going to help you, but I don't have time right now because I have to go to my actual theater job that pays me, and then when I have time, I will help you guys. And they're like, whatever, you don't care about us, and this is what's wrong with everything. And it's like, Uh, oh my God, I can't watch you. (laughs) So, yeah, like it was, like I said, season two was clearly written by somebody who doesn't have any idea what goes on in theater and in that business. And the other last thing is that it's so apparent the show is written before hashtag me too because it's just like it's all from a male perspective even when there are women involved they're like off to the side there's a whole like plot about who gets to date karen and like she does not have 
any say. Mm-hmm. It all goes on behind her back. Like, See, you better that is... stay away from her because I want to date her. And, and oh, but but I that's like the her. thing. The showrunner, she was like, it was female. Like she was in charge of a lot of that. And even in season two, like she still had a lot of control. Well, <laughs> it just it it was it was just disgusting. <laughs> there was a they there was a point where they felt like they re- needed to rewrite Bombshell. They needed like it just wasn't working, and the script needed a big overhaul. Um. And so uh, Deborah Messing's character goes away with a dramaturg who is a person who like studies theater and like kind of analyzes it, breaks it down. So she goes away with him and they go to rewrite the show and she has this breakthrough. And she's like, this show isn't about Marilyn. It's about the men in her life and how they controlled her. And I'm like, why is this show about men? Oh, God. (laughs) I just wanted to scream like Karen makes a deal she's like the own she's like the key figure making a deal between these young guys who are writing a new show and a theater workshop that's gonna you know have put their show on and getting Derek to direct it and she gets all these people together and then they all are like oh great let's make a deal shake hands be bros let's go get a drink together and then she leaves and they're like but she was she did it she made we we she's a woman her. honey she doesn't matter no She's just the tits. <laughs> so, I love Smash. I will always love Smash. The music will always be great, but Chris it's me. And yeah, I watched it once through, and <laughs> I was very sad when it got canceled. Uh, and I'm not putting myself through that again. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly I didn't learn my lesson. <laughs> I swear to God, season one is a perfect capsule. It's great. It's wonderful. So just stop. Just stop after it. That. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. Well, good plan. Thanks for taking the bullet for us, Karen. You're welcome. <laughs> I uh, would love to talk about a show called The Politician. I've been waiting for this. This is what I was waiting for. Uh, this. Um, my mom was watching this show, and I, I had, I didn't know a thing one about it, and so. Um, we were you know, just just kind of in the market for the next thing, so we were like, "Let's let's try this politician show." It out. had let's... been on my list for a little while, and then your mother brought it up, and I was, and we were sort of like, "Well, it's this or watch another, do another MCU rewatch." <laughs> yeah. So we decided to give the politician a shot. But before we did, we watched the trailer that was on Netflix. Now, I didn't know anything about this show other than the stuff that my mom had told me, and just thought it was kind of a political drama. Um, and then we watched this trailer with, like, Bette Midler, and it was really weird and uh, kind of off-putting. And I was like, all right, well, let's let's give this a shot. Now, I didn't realize that the trailer we had watched was the trailer for season two. I thought this was a new show. So we start watching the show, and it's got nothing to do with anything that was in that trailer. So I was a little confused, but I was immediately enthralled. This show is freaking fascinating. It is hilarious. Um, it is, it is dramatic. It's hilarious. And it is just, it is just nonstop insane. Like as the show, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, it's not like this unrealistically crazy stuff is happening. It's just in this capsule of very rich people that are in this one character who is obsessed with becoming president of the United States and the people around him that that are 
unreasonably devoted to him achieving his goals and being along for the ride. And then all of the things that these people do to get what they want in this world of ex just stupid rich people that don't have problems of money. So the kinds of shit that they can get themselves into is bananas. And at the end of every episode, I just would be shaking my head like, what is happening right now? And none of it seems outside of the reach of a degree of realism. So the fact that it was so crazy and yet so believable all the time was nuts to me. And the, the guy who plays the main character, also a Broadway star, uh, apparently. Hmm. Uh, what's his name? Ben Platt. Ben Platt. He's amazing. <laughs> he is incredible, and you do eventually get to hear him sing a lot in season two, which is wow. Uh, he does sing in some does some singing in season one as well, which is also wow. This guy can sing. If you don't mind but, me uh, asking, what genre is this? Like, is this show billed as a comedy or is it a drama or a dramedy? Dramedy. Yeah. It is more of a comedy than Dead Like Me, but it's less of a comedy than Scrubs. It's a dark okay. comedy. It is a dark comedy. What is that other there one? There is Shit's Creek. Oh, it's not. It's not Shit's Creek at all. No, okay. it's not anywhere. It's it's not anywhere near that. It is like, I mean, it's a drama in that it's like an hour show, and you know, it's uh -huh. a, it's it's a, it's not trying to be funny, but it is funny. Yeah, hmm. it does. It's not like there's a lot of like these are the jokes and this is where the, if there was a laugh track where they would laugh kind of stuff. The comedy comes from like the absurdity of the situation, not like the, they're not writing in comedy. Gotcha. It's very much like a Wes Anderson movie. Okay. And like ev to the point where every episode I turn to him and be like, really Wes Anderson has nothing to do with the show. Like, are we really? sure? Because it's not just in tone. It is, it is, it is visually, visually, very, exactly, very his similar style, to, to his style. Like it's, it's a hundred and twelve percent an homage to his kind of movies. I was um, gonna say, so it's a, a obviously someone who's either very heavily influenced or just a crazy super fan. Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got a lot of uh, tonally speaking uh, similarities to Rushmore. Um, Rushmore. Uh, Royal Tannenbaums. That, that's I, especially the first season. I would say Rushmore because the first season is about him being elected to student body president. Yeah, so it's him in a school similar to gotcha. uh, the school in Rushmore. It's it's that kind of a situation. There are a lot of those shots where it's like it's centering on one specific thing, and then things happen to that thing, like a book or whatever. Like there's a lot of Wes Anderson style. His taste for music. Uh, the musical cues are outstanding in the show. It's it is a remarkably put together show that I was I was completely obsessed with it while we were watching it. We be we blew through both seasons as quickly as humanly possible, given our schedules, and I can't wait for more of it. Um, there will be I will be waiting for more of it because while the showrunner wants to do a season three, um, they want there to be a time a, a time gap, and they need the main actor to age a bit. 
<laughs> oh, in no. real life. It's going to be that kind of that funny point. because, yeah. you know, watching season one, I'm like, they want me to believe any of these people are in high school. And then the second season is more set in their young adulthood. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, now it's viable. Yeah, so we get there. But then when where it goes from there would have to be a few years after what happened. And they just, they can't make these actors look like they've had a few years in, in D.C. under their belts. Um, Listen, I can't makeup recommend has the show enough. <laughs> you know, I feel like CGI. Like, let's go. Make make the next season. I haven't even watched it yet. I'm, like, ready. <laughs> really, 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 really high, my highest recommendation. I, it, it's, it is so insane. It's occasionally touching. It's and they're short seasons, Constantly right? interesting. I'm looking at... I'm yeah, looking. I think 10 episodes each. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody in it is fantastic, even Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh my God, Gwyneth Paltrow in this is—I—I I, I have She's nothing. She's a character but, of herself. Yeah, like that stupid show that she did—that's like nothing but damaging to the human race. She effectively plays a character that's kind of lampooning that, which is fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think Gwyneth Paltrow would be up for making fun of herself, but she totally was, and I—I I can at least respect that. Uh, and also the fact that she's in it lends it that flavor of Royal Tenenbaums because she was also in that yeah, movie. She was. So, and Bob Balaban is also yeah. in it, and I feel like he's in the Wes Anderson universe somewhere. Is this he a bad was time in... to admit I know none of this? <laughs> uh, we'll go over it after. Okay, like Michelle. with none of the Wes Anderson yeah. movies, or yeah. oh girl, yeah, they're kind of hey. uh, more homework for you. Well, see, yeah. that's the thing they're... about Wes Anderson films; you can watch one. And you know immediately if you like Wes Anderson stuff, because it's 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 the same feel, even though it's different stories. He does have a very distinct style, yeah. and and there's definitely I'm an sure evolution of that of style. Of <laughs> like, um, have you ever seen uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah, that's Wes that's Anderson. a Wes Anderson movie. I didn't see all of it, but that, that is was an good. animated Wes Anderson. So, yeah. uh, so it's Life Aquatic. Uh, oh, no, God. I have not. I've, I've been asked to watch that movie before, but let me tell you, it did not do much for me at the time. That movie is really weird because I didn't like it the first time I watched it, but then every time I watched it afterwards, I liked it more. Huh. And it was, it was now a weird I've watched experience. it 412 times, and it's the best thing ever. I, I, like, seriously, every time I watched it after, I watched it like three or four more times, and then it, be, it just shot up to being one of my favorites. I just absolutely love it, but it was... It's so bizarre, um, but it's a uh, yeah. I would definitely say, if you enjoy the politician, go back and watch uh, Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums. Did he do the the the, the music? The, the the guys that were on the run. The, uh, oh, brother, where are thou? That, was that him? No, no. Coen no. Brothers. Oh, that was Coen Brothers. Coen okay. Brothers. <laughs> sure. Like, are you talking about Blue Brothers? Blues Brothers? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I was good at shoot. We're on the same page. Thanks, Karen. You got so, it. Yes, it's like the, my mom's favorite movie. <laughs> the The Politician was absolutely incredible. It's on Netflix. Uh, everyone should watch it. It's absolutely nuts. highest recommendation. Uh, real quick before I hand it over to Karen again, uh, Agents of Shield has continued to be wonderful. It is ending really soon. We're a couple episodes behind because of what Karen's about to talk about. And I'm a little bummed at the way the show's going out because this first half of the season was so good, but now they seem to be ending it on this, like, 
call back to a couple of the series' lowest points. Oh my like, god. Are they bringing back uh, the Inhumans humans? and Yanshi or whatever the heck that woman's name is? It, uh, it's it's that and this other villain that just kind of came out of nowhere, which is like a the younger Malik kid, which is like, okay, I guess you're, we're calling back to Gideon Malik. That's kind of neat, but... Is it, though? Eh. Mm. Like, so he's just this... He's just this shit who gets everyone's powers, and... Okay. Neat. <laughs> it just seems like such a low point to end on, like... I mean, I was really hoping they'd do something really big, like, find a way to make them fight a... What was his name again? Um, Thanos? The white <laughs> guy. The, the You know, the, the big bad guy that turned into Hive. What was his name? I can't remember his name. Name. I'm sorry. I the don't. one who threw uh, put Fitz and Simmons in that thing that sank to the bottom of the ocean. Wait, Grant? I remember Agent that. Ward. That Ward? was oh, Grant Ward. Ward. Yeah. Yeah, like he was kind of the, yeah, the show's biggest. Yeah, they brought him back. That, I really like, expected you to say that that was what was going to happen. Like that's honest to God. I, I. All right. So shortly after he did that to them, that's when I fell off of Agents of Shield. So knowing that, uh, they, that he didn't come back is hurting my heart a little because I thought that would have been the best way to end it. Same here, because he was on the show from the get-go, right? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. he was such a big part of it. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I know for sure he doesn't come back in some way, shape, or form, because we're a couple episodes behind. All I know is they wrapped up the time travel stuff, and now they're dealing with Inhumans and uh, this Malik dude. And I'm like, this seems like some serious middle-of-the-show sophomore slump territory here. I'm not thrilled that this is how we're going out, but... Either way, it's been a great show. But the reason we're not we're behind is because we've been watching another wonderful show on Netflix. Karen, take it away. I'm so happy, you guys. <laughs> I'm so happy about um- Umbrella Academy. <laughs> oh, we so haven't happy. watched it yet. I know you haven't, and we won't spoil anything for you. Thank you. Be- but it's just so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Every person but, I've spoken to, just so you know, I, the first thing I do is go better or worse than season one. And no one has said that it's worse than or even equivalent to. Everyone thinks it's better than season one. I think it is better. I don't know. I love season one so much, but I think, like, as a story, it is better. Everyone gets, like, a deeper character arc. There's more for Ben to do. Cool. Um, Ooh, which is like wonderful. Ben. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> The time traveling, like they don't fuck it up. That's like sense. Um, and the whole like you know, we already know the premise is that they've been scattered across a couple of years in the same location mm-hmm. when they jumped. And that all comes together really nicely in like the way that their lives are all different and the way they all kind of nobody knew that anyone any other members of the family survived it's just cool it it works so well it's all centered around the kennedy assassination which is pretty cool and also manages to tie back into season one a little bit i was gonna say that should be relevant then because that was the thing that like that five was doing yeah or he yeah that that's where he jumped yeah okay um and it's just so good and like I don't know 
there it's it's sort of the same story because you know they got to stop the apocalypse again um but it's not and the way all the events of season 1 you can tell have really had an impact on everyone and how they relate to each other cool like they really like took what happened and you know took lessons away from that or you know saw people differently so you'd say there's or character saw themselves growth. different absolutely and there's a new character that uh i really enjoyed um and i will say that in season one i thought that istanbul as fight scene music was a shit call it seemed like, hey, wouldn't this be cool if this worked? And it doesn't. That was that was a bad musical choice. No, they, I love that. <laughs> I hate that. But there was a similar situation in season two where they're like, all right, let's pick this random song for a fight scene. And that worked. Oh my I God, won't say what it is or when <laughs> yeah. it is or anything. Just right. there's another pretty random musical pick and it worked. It really did. Yeah, was and it, just five? give me... All of the Klaus, please. <laughs> All yes. of the Klaus you have and more. We can get I'd through it tomorrow, honey. We can do it. You can, and you should. <sighs> and you should. It's hard You're... to put down. We stayed up like... Until like 1230. Yeah, which, which is, is late for us. Which is super late for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we were, were like... like nah. Yeah, what time we're do you guys get up in the morning? But there's two though. episodes left. Yeah, and, and yeah. I need to know what happens. <laughs> Fun so, fact, I just learned about uh, Robert Sheehan, who plays Klaus. He's Irish. Yeah. Wait, did you so, not? Uh, have, no, I didn't know that. Have you have you not seen um, the show Misfits? No. <gasps> I didn't make us watch Misfits. Wait, I saw the episode that we watched for the podcast. Oh, okay. So okay, but wow. if he was in that episode, I didn't even recognize him. He, oh yeah, he he's the, he's the kid who can't die. Well, they didn't get to that point because I watched we watched the pilot. Um, he is this the oh, he's. Fuck. The main yeah, jackass. Uh, he plays a pretty similar character. Um, yeah, he's very. It's like the baby version. Oh my god! I'm taking a picture. I'm gonna drop this in uh, the Tweb chat right now. For it's gonna be in. Uh, let's see. It's well, while you're doing that, let's talk about a little bit of news. We're obviously running long because we have a month of television to catch up on. Uh, Bef- before we do, sorry, I just want to drop sorry. one more thing that I caught that I I wanted to ask you to possibly check out chris okay i acquired the first episode of muppets now oh i've been meaning to watch it Uh, we haven't we haven't checked it out yet but we've been meaning to watch it and i'm going to tell you my feeling and you have you have a deeper affinity for it than i do i feel it's much closer to og muppets than the stuff that we have seen it's modernized but it, it, the, the heart of it feels way closer to the original stuff. So I, I was kind of hoping that you would, if you hadn't, that you might take this. It's not very long. I think it's a half hour. There, yeah, there just hasn't really been an opportunity yet. Uh, but I do really want to catch it. So I'll, yeah. I'll make that happen. Yes. Okay, that's it. All right, news. Where are we at? Scroll, scroll, scroll. All right, let's see. The Umbrella Academy trailer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so um, obviously we have a bunch of new stuff. Uh, we're just going to hit a couple of the highlights and uh, the rest of it you can check out in our show notes. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll post all that business. But relevant to our uh, main, uh, our, our feature topic, which we'll be getting to after the break, apparently The Wonder Years is in fact being rebooted with a black family by ABC. Mm-hmm. I think this is fine. Um, 
I'm not sure it needs to be called the Wonder Years if they're really doing something that different with it. Uh, it feels like the what of, was it Party of Five that they yeah. rebooted with the with the that's, undocumented that's a, inter- immigrants. Like okay. Rough. So Angela Why and I had like a 45-minute like, cool. conversation about this before the show. Make and that show, but why is it party of fun? Why is this the Wonder Year? Like, if you're really changing it that intrinsically, just why... Call it something else. Yeah, why, why call it the Wonder Years? Um, but again, you know, maybe it does have some sort of tonal connection to it. I don't know. Um, but even if it, it has just, a tonal connection... It's something completely different, and they're using nostalgia. That's it. That's the same thing that which, they did with the party which you of five. pointed out rather astutely that that's going to disenfranchise a lot of audience members who are coming back to this because they know the original Wonder Years because it's mm-hmm. going to be something that like here's what we're giving you but guess what it's nothing like what you knew and I think that they're trying to keep the same principles and values that they had in the initial series but. Like you guys are saying, you don't need to give it the same name. You can give it the same message, the same importance. It's it's just another story about a family, come in that in that Wonder Years time period, right? That that coming of age time period, and it's okay to to give it a different name. Let it be its own thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm now reading the article, I guess I I understand. I I did. I, I was a little. I wasn't sure that it was taking place during the exact same era, but it is. That's what I see. It's, see, Evan cut me off earlier when I tried to give Chris the full synopsis. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was the significant part of it. So, for anyone who doesn't want to read this article, real quick, all you need to know is that it's another family that it's happening uh, at the same time, but it's occurring in an, in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Montgomery, Mon- Alabama, yeah. in the turbulent late 1960s. Which, so, is, which is the same time period. So, and this is this is the the problem that I have. Tonally, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to do what they did with the Wonder Years with that descriptor, with the way they just described that show. It's going to be very difficult because of the situation that they're 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 presenting. This nineteen 19- life for a suburban black family during that time period was in that incredibly area, different. Com- yeah. So I and especially there. The the I w- I don't want to say argument. The conversation that she and I were having is I don't care if it's happening. Make it, let it happen. Go. Don't call it the Wonder Years. Oh no, honey, you swayed me. Yeah, we're good. The, it is not the Wonder Years. And what they are doing is using the term the Wonder Years to get people to watch it. That'll go, ooh, nostalgia. I remember that. Let me check it out. Mm-hmm. And they are, and I don't, it's, it, I hope it is fantastic. I thought, I want it to be a great show, but it's like, you know, it's selling Thundercats Roar under the name Thundercats. And they're to- mm-hmm. two, two tonally different shows that, like, really have very little to do with each other i just want you to know how many times he brought that show up while we were having this conversation <laughs> guys he was not okay with the experience he got I'm but just that's letting you like, know and i was okay with thundercats roar as a different thing yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's, yeah it, it's 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 a weird thing i get um i get the, the idea fine. of making a version of the wonder years but from a different perspective but i just kind of feel like would 
would the people who lived through that era consider them the wonder years? Mm. Because for a bunch of white middle-class suburban teenagers, those would be the wonder years because they were not exactly turbulent um, for them. But I I don't know that that, I don't know that there's this, and, and I don't because I do not have that experience. I am not an expert on this at all. I'm just saying from the limited amount of knowledge I have, I can't imagine there being a lot of the same kind of nostalgia for that period of time. I think it could be a fantastic show because that is a huge time period for the for the African American community. Huge. There's a lot of things happened then. But they do not fall under the same tone as the family getting a new car. Yeah, are they gonna well, I mean, but I mean I'm sure that kind of stuff existed. I'm it's sure just gonna it be did, a totally but, different story. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't know that um I don't know that calling this the Wonder Years is the right idea. I think somehow instilling the DNA of the Wonder Years into it is a neat idea and making sure people know like from the creators of the Wonder Year or something or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh well, throwing even... something like so throwing some sort of link to it in there to help sell it is one thing, but I just think straight up calling it the Wonder Years is a bridge too far. Yep. Ooh, good. T- I like that phrase. Mm. So let's see. Um, Netflix canceled Sabrina. Don't Fuck care. these guys. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Wow. This is where we start to disagree, Karen. Our friendship may be over. <laughs> Did you not like Sabrina? <sighs> nope. Don't care. <gasps> Did you Get watch out. Sabrina mm-hmm. or. Do you just not. Are not interested? In oh, it? no. I abandoned it. I got. I was. I was done. After Nicholas, whatever the fuck, after he went, after Scratch went to hell, and then she's like, I'm the princess and queen of hell. Mew, mew, mew. I'm <laughs> preaching. I'm great. <laughs> Everything about that was great. And you're uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You can, you can definitely be crazy and think that you've got the proper opinion here, but the fact I'm of the matter is, I'm super mad that it's stupid canceled. Show. Like, I'm I super mad if you want to end wall. your show after, I'm just talking over you because I disagree <laughs> nope. with you and I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, we can do this all night. <laughs> Evan okay, edits this. Wrong. We can mute you. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to tell your story in four seasons, that's fine, but if you're Netflix and you're like, fuck this, we don't want to make this show anymore, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you, Netflix. I, I thank you for Umbrella Academy, but this is pissing me off. Good call, Netflix. You made the right choice. <laughs> Shut up, Angie. <laughs> what, what's that Hamilton song that we I kept singing at the beginning? So, on a more positive Netflix we have note, beef. let's fight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scott Pilgrim. All right. Um, on a more like positive himself. Netflix note, Netflix lines up a new animated series based on Yusagi Yojimbo. Bring it. Uh, that is so many awesome. sold parts about that. Yes. Wait, I'm, who uh, here has read Usagi Ojimbo? Uh, I mean, I've read I'm some of it. My I certainly haven't read all of it, but isn't there like 900 years yes, of it? Or there's a lot. <laughs> like yes, it's, there's, a lot of there's a lot of it. I am familiar with the property enough to be excited about this show and yeah. surprised that it hasn't happened already. Yeah. Yes. This um, is a really good pick for. This is a really good pickup for Netflix. I'm. I hope they do it well. I can't imagine they won't. Because uh, Yusagi's been a consistently quality thing for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. uh, and he's such a cool character, and his world is so cool. This is this is a 
great thing. Yeah, I'm, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for creativity here because the series itself is already very creative. And y'all know about my like mini obsession with Japan and Japanese history and culture and whatnot. And like Ronin and Samurai. And this is freaking inspired by Miyamoto Musashi. I'm so excited. <laughs> really um, cool stuff. There's a lot of potential here. I hope it pans out as well as it, as well as it should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you guys know anything about the animation team though? I didn't really see anything. I didn't either. I can't get the link to load up again because it's from superherohype.com, which is just riddled with ads. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for <laughs> yeah, I just so, I just tried to look up that the Batwoman article and I gave up. Don't worry guys, I still yeah, have it. Um, yeah, I, I all I know, I know is based on the on the headline. And that's all I needed to see cuz that's there are certain stories that pop up, and like I don't need to know any more about this. Yeah. I'm just gonna put that put that little nugget into my brain, and it's gonna sit there, and eventually I'll be happy when it happens. But in the meantime, I don't need to focus too much on the fact that I don't have it in front of my eyeballs right now. Yeah, well, that and also like the fact that Stan Sakai is actually working on it, I think, is something significant of note. And like, I think his excitement made me really excited. Like, he seems genuinely grateful to his fans for like being a part of his community for so long and make like helping to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And I, Oh my God. I, I don't know if you, if you guys have like met him or anything. No. Um, I actually got to briefly like hover near him at heroes con last year. And that was like so glorious. I definitely yelled at him in Japanese. I couldn't help myself. And every single people like followed him. It was seriously like he walked into the room and there was like a momentary hushed silence during a drink and draw. And if anyone's ever been to a drink and draw, people are, it's a bunch of artists who have finally lost some of their social awkwardness because they get drunk. And so then they don't shut the fuck up. And so it's this room full of people that are just being really loud and rowdy and talking and drinking and drawing, drink and draw. There you go. And then Stan Sakai walks in and like, as he, it's like, it's like rivers part and hushed voices. And oh my God, it was amazing. (laughs) So, and he is so humble and oblivious to all of it. it. Well, we don't need to talk about this particular one very long, but tvline.com reports that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier won't make its August premiere date on Disney plus. I am bummed, but not even vaguely surprised. Yeah. Fuck you, Rona. (laughs) Yes. Coronavirus has been bad for a lot of TV related stuff. And that is one of them. Yep. Let's see. Uh, this I didn't follow up on at all, uh, but on July 24th, IGN.com uh, reported about a teaser that the network G4 is set to return in some form. Do we know any more about this? Has I Have you heard I, anything about it? I saw uh, this pop up. I haven't seen anything come of it. I had after people, the fact. people were talking about it. Um, uh, on my Twitch channel, like a lot of people are getting very excited. Uh, it's supposed to, as far as I know, it's coming back on, uh, like it's it's coming via Comcast. Um, and oh, they said somebody got involved with it. I don't remember who was getting involved with it, but there was like it was like kind of a big deal that like somebody was saying like th- like they signed somebody onto it that was like a big deal as like a. a like an announcer or something. I don't know. I don't know shit about G4, so I didn't care about this at all, to be honest. I was like, definitely not this target audience. I um, rather enjoyed G4 when it started, or, or at least when I first got it, because it was a very different network from where it, be, from where it wound up. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I guess it just had these really interesting TV shows on, uh, like, a show called Icons, which just talked about video game creators. Like, it was it was a TV channel dedicated to video games. There was this ridiculous show called Cinematech that just showed cutscenes from video games for a half an hour. <laughs> so the channel should have been called Chris. Like, Spelled no wonder this channel went away. Like... Who's watching this besides a handful of nerds like me? And they had some interesting shows like uh, um, uh, X-Play with Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, who are very interesting personalities. And I would love to hear more of Adam Sessler on TV, but he's he wound up getting involved in the, like, the board of G4 eventually, and it just drove him nuts. So he's never coming back as far as I know. But I just don't know what bringing G4 back looks like. Like, is this going to be on network television? Is that even, is that any kind of good idea to try to launch a new TV station now? Well, um, I think they so, were yeah. going to do it via some sort of streaming thing. Like, because it's a, as a channel, I feel like it's just going to, it's going to be, I, I feel like it's just going to get scooped up into like, it, you know, if NBC was the company, just because that's the one that came to my mind. Like, they would just release it through their streaming service in in addition to maybe having something on television. I don't know. I feel like they're going to stick more with streaming. Um, but, I, I mean, I've done a little bit of research. The only thing that I'm seeing right now, just trying to refresh myself, this was the thing that I did get excited about, is uh, Xavier Woods. He's from the WWE. He's a streamer on Twitch, Austin Creed. Um, he's one of my favorite wrestlers, and he actually launched a campaign to be a, a host on G4. Like, he wants he wants to be a part of it. Um, I would watch that. I would be I would be interested in that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't really know much else about it and so far everything i've seen has just been speculation of what it could be and a lot of people saying this is what it should be but nobody really mm. has saying anything this is out there really dropping what is this yeah why is this a good idea but yeah. it's certainly interesting so i guess we'll see Indeed. Mm. uh not to continue to tailor the new sex new segments entirely to myself but karen you posted from tour.com netflix has picked up all seven seasons of the dragon prince yes. this is for both of us chris <laughs> that's true yes uh wow uh i didn't know they were going that far i remember there being some sort of interview a while back i'm like yeah we could keep this going for a long time but i never thought in a billion years that they would get that far because mm -hmm. i know that in, I wouldn't say that it's been troubled, but it hasn't been like this crazy, insane runaway success. But if I had, if I were a bet man, I'd say that Avatar success was a big part yep. of why they did this. Mm -hmm. Because this show has a lot of shared DNA with Avatar. Yes. And if they're smart, they're going to start really promoting the heck out of this. Uh, which I'm, I'm assuming, I would hope that Korra does really well for Netflix as well. From all the people that just been re-watching and re-watching Avatar. Um, and they should promote the heck out of this and try to get that Avatar connection to get more people to watch this show because it's so freaking good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. My mom watched this show. <laughs> that surprised the crap out of me because my mom doesn't do animation at all. But she, um, my niece was watching it at her house and she like caught some of it and was like, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so she just started watching it on her own. And when I posted on Facebook about this, my mom jumped in and was like, I love this show. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> you what now? <laughs> so I had a fun conversation about the Dragon Prince with my mom, which was awesome. Because 
this is not a show that I expected to have any sort of like shared connection with, but I've, I think I've said it on this show before that watching this show and all the twists and turns that it takes, it's, it is as interesting as good game of Thrones was. And yeah, I'll agree with that. It, it obviously doesn't have the same impact because it's not live action and full of sex and violence. Thank God. Um, but as far as the stuff that I really liked about Game of Thrones, which was all the intrigue and the, uh, the the character motivations and the crazy shit that people do to get what they want and to to do what's right and what is right in the first place, like that is all so fascinating to me. And that's all this show is with just a dash of Avatar and its sense of humor. Sort of, it's got such a great and interesting mythology, and the fact that it's gonna go through to its ending is. This is like the the gift, the ultimate gift for someone like me and and like Angie. Uh, yeah. A show like this, getting to f- live out its full potential is complete insanity, and I am I'm beyond thrilled. Did you watch the video that's posted in this article? Not yet. Okay. I don't know that I'm ready for it. Okay. I'm <laughs> because very I know curious. what it is. Yeah. It's the right. It's it's the video of the cast finding out live that their show's been renewed for all seven seasons. Well, they yeah. They, just so you know, I don't. I I skipped through it on silence, so there wouldn't be spoilers to see if based on facial expressions, I could identify when they get the news. So this is a 39 minute and 22 second video, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure the news does not get dropped to them until 36 minutes in. So. There's a lot of other content to watch before that, uh, all of which I'm very curious about. But yeah, I'm really excited for this link to be in the show notes because this is uh, this is one that I, I'm curious to see what our listeners think of, of watching a video like this, especially because it taps into the whole Comic-Con at Home panel thing. And I, this mm-hmm. would be the first and last one I watch. I don't remember. Have we done an episode of Dragon Prince on here? I know we've talked about the show a bunch, but... Uh, I don't think... No. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It would have been a while well, ago if we did. Well, yeah, food my, for thought. Might be my next pick. Who knows? Uh, Doesn't but, matter. We've done, we've done multiples of the same show. Go ahead. Pick away. Yeah. <laughs> also, just the concept of seeing a cast find out that their show's been renewed yeah. like for several more years. Like, this was a group of people during the pandemic finding out that they're going to have jobs for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just kind of an amazing thing. I would love to see live cast reactions of their their shows getting renewed more often like i don't know how you do that and fit that into regular life because it's just such a unique situation but what a what a magical thing to have happen like for that for this cast and the voice actors are so good on this show too so yeah let's see uh archer's coming back yep as it should yep Hooray! Uh, there's going to be a Witcher prequel. There's Emmy nominations for like all six TV shows that exist. Um, Mandalorian got a bunch. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that show deserves a, a lot of uh, a lot of respect. Do you watch the Emmys? Do you guys watch them? I do. I love award shows. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoy award shows, but I mean I don't know. I'd be interested to seeing. I guess the Emmys more than the Oscars now because we we watch television. <laughs> I'm oh. just salty. I'm still salty about Sabrina. I'm just saying. I'm glad it's over. I've never <laughs> seen it, so I don't know. Didn't seem like it was for me, but I know Karen enjoyed it, and thus I do not wish any ill on shows that people genuinely enjoy. Because if it brings her happiness, then I'm okay with it. And I am also thusly pissed at Netflix for taking away something that brings my wife joy. 
Thanks, Bye, episode 157, The Dragon Prince, season two, episode one. Oh, oh that's no. why we started watching it, isn't it? Because, okay, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> well, then that makes me happy that I, I'm, I was at least a partial catalyst in you enjoying that show. That's Listen, it. do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I could go on and on about there's a, um, a whole documentary miniseries about uh, Ren and Stimpy. Actually, on top of that, there's also a uh, a petition thing going on. Uh, I, I try to, I'll try to find the link to get because with this reboot or this, Ren and Stimpy is supposed to be coming back, um, and they're trying to get it so that Bob Camp is involved because right now he isn't. I didn't Bob know they Camp. were trying to bring Ren and Stimpy back. Yeah, yeah. So, what does that look like without John Kay? Is John Kay involved? I, I honest to God, all I saw was the, the a, a brief snippet of, hey, let's get this petition signed to get Bob Camp involved again with the reboot uh, of Bob of Ren and Stimpy. So I have very little information about it. Oh hmm. boy! Oh, this is this is pretty new. Ren and Stimpy is getting a reboot as of six days ago. How did I miss this? We're getting a new version of the Ren and Stimpy show. Comedy Central announced on Wednesday. This is coming from CNN Entertainment. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's reimagining the '90s cult animated series. Ah, uh, but with its dark humor and themes, Ren and Stimpy was considered more of an adult series than a children's show. Uh, it doesn't look like, I don't see any, any mention of John Kay in here or Spumko. That's interesting. So We're excited I, to I, reinvent this kind of franchise with a new creative team and our partners at the Nickelodeon Animation Studio. Okay, that's, um, this, see, that's very interesting because I loved Ren and Stimpy as a kid and, um, I read a bunch of stuff about the creators behind it and what happened with them and Nickelodeon and how John Kay eventually kind of had the show stolen from him. Mm -hmm. But then, as we learned, John Kay was kind of a scumbag, which I think we're going to learn more about when this uh, documentary series releases, which I'm very, very interested to watch, uh, which doesn't surprise me because he was never really all that secretive about being a scumbag. Um, but when he got the full rights to the show back and they re-released it i think on spike tv as in a, a true quote-unquote adult version i hated it because then it just became one constant gay joke and that wasn't funny and that's just not i didn't get any of that out of the original show like i never even i never assumed for a second that they were straight out a gay couple and then they like really took it too far in in the continuation of the series I, I i didn't find it funny in the least um but i still have a huge reverence for the original one like we get into a lot of conversations on stone age gamer about separating the art from the artist and this is one of those situations where i i definitely do um no matter what i hear about john k i can't separate how important the show was to me as a little kid and how just amazingly well done the first uh season or two of the show is because it, it was just this complete and total love letter and creating a type of animation that wasn't happening at the time you know when ren and stimpy debuted it was against rug uh, it was part of nicktoons the original nickelodeon cartoons which were rugrats doug and ren and stimpy and rugrats and doug are brilliant in their own ways but those are those are 
family friendly things. Uh, yes. This was aimed Hell. more to be like the complete insanity of Looney Tunes, and but before up before Animaniacs recaptured that kind of magic. This was the first thing I think since Looney Tunes to properly recapture that kind of manic insanity and hilarity of the original Looney Tunes, and. I'm, I, I can't wait to watch this. It's apparently releasing August 14th. It's in a couple of days, and I'm I'm just enthralled. I can't wait to see it. Oh, boy. I, I just... I have to mention... I know it's already getting late. We haven't gotten to the feature topic yet, but I just have to mention that uh, this is hysterical, that apparently there's going to be a Beyond Good and Evil TV series coming out for Netflix. If you've never played Beyond Good and Evil, it's an amazing video game. Play it. It'll make her a great TV show. Uh, let's see. Let's let's get this last big one out of the way. Um, okay, hold on. I gotta move. I gotta remove my headphones before Karen squeeze. Okay. All right, go. Radiofreescarrow.com. Karen, take it away. Ah! <laughs> Chris Eccleston is coming back to Doctor Who. I, we we he's good? coming back to do audio. Uh, okay. stories. Right. He's not coming back to the show. He's doing the big finish audio uh, dramas. I saw somebody comment on this story who didn't know what big finish was and they thought that it was like like a series finale like he's coming back but the show is ending like, no. no no it's not that kind of bless big finish. your adorable dumbass heart <laughs> you are not a Whovian no clearly not I mean maybe they just were but had given up or whatever anyway he's coming back and doing four volumes of the the ninth doctor adventures a four disc collector's edition box set or download full cast audio adventures behind the scenes extra it's gonna be 20 bucks you can pre-order it oh i think it's 20 bucks for one of them but 80 bucks for the whole thing. Now, have you, have you listened to other... Fantastic full cast audio adventures in space and time. May 2021. Have you listened to other Big Finish productions? I haven't. I'm a very bad fan. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I hiccuped, but did No, I haven't. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> audio stories are the kind of thing that I don't often get the opportunity to indulge in because gotcha. I don't know for some reason like a uh, background thing for me needs to be like I don't know this is this would have to be something that I would give my time to when I had time to myself and no screen available to me like, this is this, that would be watching a new episode for you, like yes. we're just listening to it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would never expect I you to do this. I would need passing. to give it to my full attention. I could perhaps do this while I was stitching, but the chances of me getting that much time to to give to it is 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 yeah. Like we low. would basically have to do this instead of watching TV together sometime, and that's kind of I, I think at least for me personally why we've never done it because I can't. It's not the kind of thing that I... It's like I'm, the reason I don't listen to audiobooks is like I have to... In order for me to digest a story, I have to dedicate a certain amount of my attention to it. And something like that for audio only is not something that I, I typically get the opportunity to do. Like, I couldn't... I don't drive enough to make this a viable thing for me to listen to. And 
I don't know, we're just not gonna, I mean, we could sit around and I could play Animal Crossing and she could do that, but I can't just sit and listen to something without me doing something else. I, it, it doesn't work for me. And um, it has to be the right, like, you need a visual stimulus while you're listening to it, but it can't be too interesting. It's a, it's a fine balance to walk. Mm -hmm. yeah. I totally understand. Wow, but uh, I do think this is fascinating. I do think that it's like, it's neat to have him involved in Doctor Who again, because it kind of makes me think like, well, hey, maybe the next time there's a big anniversary coming around and they do a multiple Doctor story, maybe they could get him back for it. Because, I mean, Paul McGann came back and he was doing the he was doing these big finish things for a while. You're and certainly far from the first person to uh, suggest that. I don't know. I think the the reason he's like, Okay, I'll do big finish is because it has literally nothing to do with the TV production team, <laughs> and that's who we had it brought. He has a problem with the BBC, so yeah. And that does make sense, um, uh, as I've heard other people have problems with the BBC. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just saying that it does it. It is one tiny, tiny, tiny step closer to it being even a remote possibility instead of the zero percent chance that it was before. So. That's kind of neat. It's far more than kind of neat. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes me very, very happy. Because I love Christopher Eggleston. He's, he's my first Doctor. Uh, I had Same. never seen anything Doctor Who before. Karen introduced me to the first episode of, the, of his first series, which was the first, you know, the, 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 the and reboot's not really the right word because it is still in classic Who continuity. Um, but that, that, this is where I started with Doctor Who and I fell in love with him immediately. Uh, and I think there's, there's something about him. Like he was in what was that uh, Nicolas Cage movie where he was the bad guy where they were stealing cars? Gone. Oh, in Gone 60 in sixty seconds. seconds. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston was the big bad in that movie, and to this day, when I say the word "done," his voice plays in my head because <laughs> it was said "done" just the way he said it. <laughs> he does have, have a heck of a personality, and uh, he was. Thor 2 gets a lot of flack, and I'm not going to say it's unjustified, but I like that movie way more than most people do, because and even I will admit that he was hor horrifically underused in that movie. I'm, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm looking at Big Finish audio productions. They've done Judge Dredd. Like, they, like, this is pretty awesome. Like, that's, well, that's the thing. Like, when I was, that's why I wanted to ask you, Karen, if you had listened to anything, because... For me, when I saw this article, looking through it, I'm a person who loves audiobooks and podcasts. I tend to listen to a lot of different content. So for me, like if someone was to recommend this and say, yeah, it's definitely worth it, I would look into it. But I, I, I don't know that I would be brave enough to check this out without a suggestion first because it looks like they've covered so much ground. So I don't know, but it's exciting. And I'm excited they, that they he'll be a part of it. definitely have a good reputation where, mm -hmm. like, people love these big finish stories. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there there are characters who have entire other lives in the big finish series that, like, have not, like, if you only watch the show, you have nothing, you don't know anything about. Um, but people are like, oh my god, like, I think, I feel like the sixth doctor has a lot of big finish stories and he has just be come become this huge figure in the Doctor Who community. For coming I, I, back and doing all these stories. Is there any Donna Noble? I would just... I miss I'm her. sure there must be. Okay. 
Because she's awesome. Okay, uh, we're going to have to wrap things up here. Uh, We're going to take ourselves a a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finally get to our feature topic as we still settle into this uh, (laughs) monthly monthly situation here. We're going to have to streamline this a tad. It's a little long episode, but that's okay. Uh, So yeah, we're going to talk about the Wonder Years when we return. You are listening to this week's episode from Geekade.com. Stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. It is time to get to our feature topic, which is The Wonder Years. This was my pick. I used to love this show, and uh, I'm glad to see that I still do. The Wonder Years premiered January 31st, 1988 on ABC. New Year's Eve, that's crazy. Uh, we're talking about specifically Season 3, Episode 7, The Family Car, originally aired November 21st, 1989. Uh, I came on to this episode because I looked up, uh, I just knew I wanted to watch the wonder Years and talk about it. So I looked up what, what's a cool episode to go with. And a lot of people recommended the family car. And so we did. So, uh, this episode is about the family getting a new car and all of the things that go along with it. And, um, I can say that I definitely enjoyed watching this show again. Uh, I forgot all about the big sister character. Just, oh my god, me too. Just forgot she existed. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I actually remembered that she didn't make a huge amount of appearances in the original, and I was like, I wonder if she's going to show up in this because it was like the Where's Waldo kind of of the show. Every once in a while, she showed up. <laughs> so that was interesting, uh, and yeah, there was quite a family dynamic going on here with the uh, you know. The dad was the breadwinner and the man of the house and and but, all that stuff. Oh, but the, the 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 dynamic between him and his wife, like she, like I think that the phrase was, "Well, when she spoke in that tone, we knew things were serious." Yep. Like yeah. it, this rewatching this show, it reminds me of my youth, being like that was. I remember those those things. It it may, granted it was you know mid seventies, late seventies for me, but that's still that that family getting into the station wagon and like when they were cleaning out the car and they flipped the seat backwards. I remembered <laughs> that that the station wagon back seat faced the back of the road, the back of the car. I remember that stuff, and just to see that the the heartwarminess of of this show is it's it it doesn't it doesn't lose that flair 
It doesn't. Um, there was the, uh, the I don't know you call him a bully, but the anti-Kevin at school that was <laughs> yeah. teasing his family and whatnot. And, you know, just the way they would brag about girls and stuff was... was I know I never actually experienced that in school because it was far too nerdy. So uh, that's just not the conversations our you know, my friends and I had. We would argue about what was better, Sega or Nintendo. But uh, I don't know. There were there were definitely parts of it that are from its time and and accurate to its time. Um, but I was I was definitely kind of put off not not put off but taken aback by the uh, the family dynamic of the time of like. Yeah, the the mom can put her foot down, but at the end of the day, it's you know the dad's decision. The dad's the breadwinner. The dad's the one that they all look to to set the tone of the house because he is the man of the house. And it's so wild looking at that as somebody who hasn't looked at a situation like that in such a long time because you don't see a lot of that kind of stuff in a lot of modern storytelling anymore. Um no, Even but when this... you go back to that time period, you're looking at examples of that not being the case. And I do think it was really interesting to, to, to look at that again. I also find it kind of fascinating that every, it seems as though every one of us noticed that as an aspect of the show. Like it's, it's television is so different today that that does actually stand out because I wrote it in my notes when watching this like did anyone else notice the family dynamic with the dad being in charge because that sure as shit wasn't how I was raised no, I didn't. same here yeah but uh, we I, we were not raised during this time period right I definitely noticed that and I feel like a lot of things about this episode were just sort of like because I watched this show when I was you know when it was on and I feel like I got ideas about the way things were supposed to be from shows like this, that life actually isn't like that. But in my head, it was like, well, this is the way it is on TV. So this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Which I... kind of ended up giving me kind of some warped ideas about the way some things work. Well, looking at this show and then going, why isn't my family this way? Like this is this is honestly in my in my opinion this is one of the first shows that I was able to compare my upbringing to what I've seen on TV. I mean I didn't live in you know a, a, an idealized home front. I mean my parents were divorced, my mother got remarried. Like there's a lot of different things that were happening, but watching this show I could I could relate to certain things. I had a younger brother and you know it's it's it was a simpler show, and that's what I liked best about it. It wasn't huge, overarching, dramatic storylines. I story thought it had some nice things to say about, like, what the dad was actually upset about was, like, you know, missing spending time with the family, mm-hmm. and that was what the car meant to him. I thought that was a nice, you know, message for the episode. Very wholesome. And I did like that the show was set in this time period where that kind of dynamic was starting to change. Because that was what was interesting about the the older sister character is that she recognized the dynamic and she respected that that's the way that was in her house, but she was a part of the generation that was breaking away from that. Mm-hmm. That the how you know the the woman stays at home and all that jazz. This was the generation that really broke that mold, and it was a very because I, I I can't I don't fault the show for being that way because it was 
depicting a period in time where that was at least considered to be what the basic family dynamic was supposed to be. And you see these characters on this show who know what their places are quote-unquote supposed to be in their family, and then they they play those parts. And But they're all also played as more than one-dimensional humans uh, so that you can, you can see that they are more than just those individual roles and that they don't always necessarily fit into those roles because people don't fit into those roles. You can look to all the, the 50s uh, propaganda-type videos of, like... Uh, I learned about a lot of this stuff in my, my history class in high school uh, and through Mystery Science Theater 3000, of all things, where you would see they did these shorts where they would lampoon all these old videos they used to show in school of, like, this is what you're supposed to do on a date. This is what you're supposed to do when you get home. You, you get the pipe and slippers for your dad. And, like, there was actual propaganda saying this is how families are supposed to work. And... At this point in history, families are breaking away from that because it doesn't work, because that's not how people work. And so this family structure of like, look at what they were arguing about in school. I never had arguments in school about what, what is, oh, your family doesn't have a new car, like they, these kinds of status arguments, because those kinds of status things were what was important to these people. You know, your family's status on the neighborhood block was a big deal to the kids because that was something that you could make fun of them for. And it just, it was so different for me growing up. And I, I looking at it through the lens of this TV show that clearly knew that it was made in the 80s. So this wasn't the norm anymore in the 80s. It was just looking back on this period of time and with the hindsight of how much things had changed. And I was just fascinated by watching the whole thing and watching the family dynamic and the way it played out and the nuances of the performances because all the actors were very good in this show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I thought it was great and I was really happy to watch it again. I don't know if I'm going to do like a full series rewatch someday. Maybe if I still had a job where I could put on TV shows in the background, that would be one thing. But it was a very fun thing to revisit for me. I think that what you're talking about is what I was trying to say about, like, this show showing things the way, you know, it was saying that they are, but they aren't really. Like, this this was showing a time where people were breaking away from a previous way of life where they were told, you know, that this should be the way and discovering that that wasn't the way. Um, and it just sort of, I don't know. I, you're, you're really much better at saying it than, than <laughs> I am. But. It's, it's showing like a, a a a look back through a different lens. Like this is the way it was, but we're we're showing you the 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 changeover. This is when you know people became more attuned with what the, it's what what it's closer to being now, which mm -hmm. is and, great. And the feeling that I had watching it at the time, being a kid was more of oh no the way this show is telling me the way things are supposed to be is actually the way they're supposed to be and now that i am an adult watching it i can see that distinction of like that that's not actually what they're telling you they're telling you the opposite of that yeah and and i kind of got that too as a kid because the show is called the wonder years like it's looking back on this period of time of like 
this these were the good old days and this is this is when it was a simpler time things were good back then and it's so much more complicated now and they were complicated back then they were just complicated in a very different and far more dangerous and damaging way um and you you get flavors of that through this show of like how much pent up aggression and how much pent up how many pent up feelings how reserved everything is because everyone's trying to fit into these these roles that people are just far more complex than that well there and, were molds back then everybody had to fit into a certain mold to to be mm-hmm. considered normal and granted there are still molds now they're just more molds like yes there are a lot more the the uh the concept of normal has changed completely and even the the concept of being normal being what's good has changed dramatically i mean nerds have inherited the earth for crying out loud it's it is a totally different time uh and it was just a fascinating watch i want to give give a couple of shout outs that may have may have gone slightly unnoticed during this episode uh a surprising lack of Winnie, very minimal uh-huh. Winnie in this episode. I was a little, I was a little upset by that. Um, Paul was always one of my favorites in the show. The bestie, that kid just shows up, says something oddly weird, and then bounces out. <laughs> and and Daniel Stern, one of the wet bandits, as the narrator, which bothered me the entirety of the episode because I could not remember who he was. But I definitely recognized his voice. <laughs> and also, now that we now know what uh, uh, Fred Savage sounds like as an adult. Yes. Yeah. And, and it is not that. Yeah, but it's and it's not even that far off of what Kevin Arnold still sounded like then. Like, he still it has was, a youthful yes, was, voice. Exactly. He does still have a very youthful voice. He does still very sound like him. But you could imagine little Kevin Arnold growing up to sound like him. But... Now that we know he does not, he does not. <laughs> it's a, it was weird. I want to, I want to say another little funny thing that happened to me personally after watching this. So I watched this, I'm going to say two, the f- first watch was about two weeks ago, I'm going to say. And within that two weeks, I watched a bunch of Smallville and a bunch of, uh, what was that? The, what's the, the, psyched. Psych. Okay. So, and Dan Loria, the father, showed up in both of those shows. <laughs> oh, that guy's done so many As things. I would, it, I would never have picked. He shows up within the first four episodes of Smallville and, I don't know, within the first season of Psych. And I was like, hey, it's the dad again. <laughs> this guy's everywhere. Uh, good pick, Chris. Well, uh, thank you very much. So, so everybody enjoyed watching this? Mostly. <laughs> Did you not like it, honey? I just, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is jaded. I just, I couldn't relate to it. I didn't grow up in a household where my life was anything like that. And like, it wasn't the kind of television that I was watching when I was a kid. And I think there's a part of me, like you guys are talking about when you were a kid, this is how you imagined your life was supposed to be. And then it kind of like messes with you going into adulthood. And I think it messed with me on an adult level because I'm looking back at it going like, I wish I had this kind of stability. So it's, it's kind of a weird thing to like, like they just look like a, this very like 
I guess, sort of idealistic, normal family. I don't know. They didn't even seem that idealistic to me because, you know, the daughter calls the dad cheap and, and the, the son is like, I want a car cause I'm, you know, a teenage boy and I want to like look out for chicks and I get it. And I don't know, there was just some aspect of the show, like that family dynamic that you guys are talking about because I grew up in such a different household. It, it, it was weird to like even see the dramatized like oh we're moving because we didn't get the car that we wanted and dad's got to make it right now with all of us you know like fuck that my dad never my dad would have been like all right i'm going out i'm buying a car and like i went with my dad when he bought one of his cars he bought a, a pickup truck and we ended up buying this truck he took me to the dealership on a motorcycle <laughs> to get this truck and we roll up and he has me picking the color with him and we ended up naming this truck the Purple Moose. And I remember that we went everywhere in this thing. I learned part of my driving in this thing. Like my dad was the same guy who like he would build that thing back up from the ground if he had to. And he did for years and years and years. So it was weird to watch like those parts that I did relate to and then see the rest of it, which was... It just I don't know the family dynamic was so different the the wholesomeness was so different um and the one thing that I kept obsessing over was that the fact that their kitchen looked normal like their house looked like a real house and I think I should also <laughs> make it clear that I did not grow up watching this show so this is basically the first time I've ever seen it um at one point in time she turned to me she goes they're eating in the kitchen I went it's an Eden kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, it was so bizarre because I, I, I could swear that behind her, one of like in the background in one of the shots there was a dining room, and like in my family we had an Eden kitchen too, but we still ate at the dining room. And I, like so many shows that I think of now, everybody eats in the dining room, or if they have an Eden kitchen, it's a fuck ton bigger than that kitchen was, and it's just so weird. Like it felt like a real house. It just. It was like not, it didn't feel like television setting wise. And I think that that also threw me for a loop. So I don't know. It kind of made me feel things I was not expecting to feel. And it, it made it a little bit actually difficult for me to watch the episode. And we watched it twice because last time I had watched it, I just watched it for the experience. And, um, this time I watched it to kind of like take notes and, you know, like really go through and, you know, find my line for the day or whatever. And, and the first time I watched it, I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Okay. That's fine. I didn't want to think about it. Like, couldn't, I didn't, I didn't retain any information. And I've learned about myself that when I have that experience, it's often due to the fact that I am repressing my feelings. (laughs) 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 So yeah, didn't expect a show of that much simplicity to stir those kinds of feelings. But it really did, and I think it it it's nice to hear you guys be like, oh yeah, no, that is not, it did not do good things for me in my childhood, because as an adult looking back, it made me go, wow, what did I miss? Um, well, I'll also couple that with, you know, I got a lot of my ideas of what my home life was supposed to be like from television, mm-hmm. and uh, the two ones that struck out with me, that, that stuck in my head of like, Boy, my home life is very different from what I think it's supposed to be are the Wonder Years and Saved by the Bell. So, yeah. <laughs> what, you couldn't freeze time in your 
<laughs> Not just that, but just the amount of free time that those people had during school hours. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited. Like, how are they? Like, what? Where? Why is there this place that all the kids just get together after school and eat? Or like, how do they afford to do that? How do they get there? Does everyone have their own cars? This show is weird. Saved by the Bell warped my head like <laughs> like none other. And like then the Wonder Years was just this. It was this weird comfort food kind of a thing, and you know, be, because you're 100 percent right about the realism of the show, or like the realism of the sets and everything. Because you know, I, I used to watch a lot of Full House, but I always understood very completely that show is not based in reality because it's not shot anywhere that could possibly exist. Mm -hmm. That house made no sense to me. And there's the live studio audience, and for some reason that didn't really connect with me so much with Saved by the Bell because it was like this. It was about a bunch of kids in school, and I don't know why that one looked... I looked at that one and said, life should be more like this, right? Isn't that what this is supposed to be, right? And then Full House didn't, but I don't know. Yeah, TV warped me as a kid. I think TV definitely has an influence on us, and it, it does instill certain values. And I, th like, I had a friend growing up who... Um, they had the station wagon, you know, like they had, like, dad was the man of the house, like he was a provider. And of course, their home life was not at all what this show turned out to be. And but I think there was a part of me that always kind of looked at shows like this. And I didn't watch a lot of them as a kid, probably because I couldn't relate. And I was a fucked up angry child. Um but like looking at this there was always a part of me that was like did this actually fucking exist somewhere like there was inspiration for this somewhere was it grounded at all in reality and how do i get that you know so it's definitely something that i'm glad that i'm not trying to shape my home life around mm -hmm. um and it's nice to hear you guys talk about it in the same way that i wondered about it so <laughs> the i do years. think that was haha mm -hmm. -ha. You but, wondered about it. I, did. I do think that was the ultimate lesson of the show is that this there there's this nostalgic rose rose tinted lens that you can look at this era of time through, but progress is progress, and while this stuff on the surface seems like it was all working and everybody is this you know white bread happy family, it wasn't. Mm-hmm as good as you think it was. It wasn't as good as it presented itself as because there's all this this horrible stuff bubbling right under the surface. And now we live in the uh, nightmarish hellscape that we live in today. <laughs> and a lot of it's because of the stuff that happened back then and the way people were treated back then who weren't the Arnold family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's all very interesting stuff. I also want to say quick, I think that the show is like a product of the time that it was made in because I thought this episode was pretty boring. Mm -hmm. It moved very slowly. It like, and nothing happened. Like they got a new car. <laughs> like that's yeah. it. The, the son saw into the life and the mind of the father. Like yeah. that, that, that was the git for this episode. <laughs> Not that much happened. And, and it was like, it. It was a, a people, handshake in the middle. But people used to sit and watch the show and love it because that's more, you know, the shows didn't have to, like, do as much or, you know, it's comfort say food. as yeah, there's, much there's at not, the there time. Wasn't, there wasn't much competitive there television right at right. this time. There wasn't yeah, the but, level of 
golden age of TV that we're all living in now. Do you think, okay, maybe this is a weird counter-argument, I don't know, but do you think that it really needs to have all of the, like, do you think it's not a golden age of television, that show? I, I Again, I, this is one episode, this is a, a small snapshot, but for me, I actually liked that it was a relatively boring episode. Like, it wasn't overly dramatic, it was just, like... Again, it just felt like a a peek into these people's lives and the childhood dramatization was much less dramatic than the dramatization I'm used to in television shows now where everybody's fucking each other or sleeping with so and so's somebody and stealing the their money and like, Yeah, but like it was very slice of life. It was very ta da, this is just a day in the life of these people and Right. I, I think there is a certain degree of, of of real comfort to that, but I also get uh, what Karen's saying is that it is it wasn't exactly emotionally stimulating. Uh, even oh. the uh, TV was just so much different back then. Mm-hmm. The the bar was different, and I don't know that that's always necessarily a better thing. I like the fact that this show is is what it is. I, yeah. I, I really do because. I, to, to tie it back into like the, the cartoons and stuff that I watch, you don't get all that the, the the quality of the storytelling in even basic children's cartoons has gotten so much more sophisticated. A show like Avatar wouldn't have existed when I was a kid. So mm. I don't know. It, it's 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 an interesting thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good or it's bad. It's just clearly very very different. Yeah, and for me, uh, you know, it's not. It's not that much for me. You know what else was interesting? The whole time I was watching this, I expected to know what... I expected to know exactly where the end of this episode was going because I kept thinking of a very similar episode of Married with Children, of all shows. (laughs) Yep. There was an episode of Married with Children where uh, the they... I don't even remember the entire premise of it, but it came down to, like, Al wanted to he didn't want to get rid of the Dodge and everyone was like, you should get a new car. And he kept resisting wanting to get rid of the Dodge. And they eventually took it to a car wash and washed it and turned out to be an entirely different color uh, because (laughs) I just hadn't washed it in like 20 years. But the very, very end of the episode, what he was concerned about making sure that he saved in the Dodge was not this, uh, the, the insurance fraud that he was trying to get away with the, like if the car was stolen or something <laughs> but he opened up the trunk and there was a picture of the, what the family looked like in season one Aww. and it was just this vague touching moment for a show that was so occasionally <laughs> like it was very very sparsely like that that Al actually did show that he loved his family but that's what I expected the end of this episode to be was like he the, that the dad wasn't just connected to like yeah I like going for drives with the family but it it was about the work he put into that car it was about he loved that car and it was far more than what it was far more about that than the married with children episode was where Al was connected to that car because of the emotional attachment to the memories in the car mm-hmm. and that's what I kept expecting to see when they were cleaning out the car and it was it really wasn't as much that uh, as it was on Married with Children. I thought that was an interesting 
that's what kept popping into my mind as I'm watching this. And the fact that it didn't go there, that it wasn't, it wasn't as that this episode of the wonder years wasn't as deep as an episode of married with children. It, was that's the longest episode title ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say even uh, like on supernatural, they have their car episode too, where, you know, they, they I go through like, episode. Oh baby. She's so the wonderful. They did a whole episode from the perspective too. of a car. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Sound yeah. of that engine does things to me. But anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> That, listen, that's why the one piece of supernatural fan art I have ever created mostly showcases baby. Um, but yeah, true. it I just, never even thought about that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's a reason for it, honey. She's a star. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I will say like, I kind of was expecting more of that when I was seeing like the end where they're like, we're going to wash the car together. And I was like, nobody freaking does that. Um, we so wash the car together. That's it, fun. But, uh, well, that was one of the things I was going to ask you guys about. You actually did ta- uh, like touch on that a little bit when you were talking about your feelings on the episode. So I think that every every show has like maybe I guess it's car episode, every good show that I, I like. Because I watched Married with Children growing up too. I'd say that was more the kind of television that existed in my household. because Yeah, that was a big did. show in our house. And that also warped a lot of my perceptions on what human oh, interaction is supposed to be. Yeah, I think that's where I got I am my so foot phobia. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Anyways, uh, so that, I think that's. I, I think we should wrap this up. I think that's a good place to end. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I miss talking to you guys on a weekly basis, but uh, this is our first monthly episode. Hopefully, uh, we get better at this in the future. So that is going to be our show. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, people, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Uh, Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. And Angie, where can people find you? Twitch.tv slash Lara Craft. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, including the news stories we didn't talk about, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh, original content. Angie, what is our homework? Okay. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Sure, why not? I don't think you're ready for this, Chris. With you specifically in mind. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it to you. We're actually going to be watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Episode 1, Pilot. And you're welcome in advance. Yeah, we're going to end up. You guys are going to like this. I have a very strong feeling. Karen, this is really because I love you. And to thank you for what you've given me in television. <laughs> See, we can disagree about Sabrina and still love each other. Oh, <sighs> you're still wrong. That? That's okay. Anyway, <laughs> gotta get that last dig in. Just, just let it go, man. <laughs> <sighs> Karen knows I love her, and it's fine. Sabrina had a lot and of good moments. And she also knows that she's wrong. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you see? All right, everybody. Who's getting the digs in now? All righty. I'm calling it right here. Thank you very much for listening. It's good to be back. We'll see you guys in a little bit less than a month since we're off schedule. So uh, on behalf of everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Evan. I'm not Evan. 
I'm not Karen. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Oh my god, stop recording. Can Everyone I, end the I? show. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.